today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's uh, something that's probably going to happen to us at some point in our lives. Uh, either we or somebody we care about uh, is going to be involved in a major illness. And, well, you're going to have questions. and uh, You're going to have want to know where do I go, who do I talk to, uh, what questions do I even ask, and, and, and what am I dealing with here? I mean, it's a pretty scary time, but it can be a very intimidating time. And if you don't get the right information, it can be very problematic. And, of course, that only exacerbates the, the angst that you're already feeling, right? Well, a group of doctors have actually come up with an idea that may alleviate that and may address an awful lot of those concerns. It's called the Waiting Room Revolution. And it's a podcast that uh, basically addresses an awful lot of the things that you and I need to know, even if we don't know that at the time that we need to know it. And uh, it's, it's well, the sort of thing that I think we need to be aware of. And it's something that you may not need today, but after we have this discussion, uh, it's something that you may want to access just to try to get some information about this. Joining us to talk about this is Dr. Cien Xiao, uh, who is a healthcare researcher and one of the doctors involved in uh, this fabulous project. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Hi, Bill. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Well, I've, I've, I've seen this happen in waiting rooms, in hospitals, in, in, in waiting rooms, in doctor's offices, wherever. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, we're dealing with this. And, and people, all of a sudden, they just they don't know what to say. They don't know what to ask. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it's a very, very difficult situation. Uh, and, and what I sense here is I see this, this podcast here on the webpage that I was looking at, Doctor, basically addresses an awful lot of this and says, here's what you need to know. Here are the sorts of questions you need to ask. It takes an awful lot of the pressure off, off the family and the patient, doesn't it? Yeah, what we found, me and my partner, Dr. Samantha Weimaker, she's a palliative care doctor at, from Hamilton, and she's treated thousands of patients in their homes trying to help them live as long as they can, as best as they can. But many of them have serious illness and, and they die at home. And I'm a healthcare researcher, so we've interviewed thousands of patients and families and providers. And what this podcast really is, is a summary of what we've learned from thousands of interviews. And there were common themes of the people who had a better experience. And, we, and there were only seven keys that were really common, and we share those in this podcast. So what we heard most of the time is people say they feel overwhelmed, mm-hmm. they feel unprepared, they didn't know what to ask, they didn't even know where to start. And what we've done is we've gone upstream, because oftentimes this idea of palliative care is done very close to death, um, and it's too late to really do stuff, and people feel, you know, they've already had such a frustrating experience. We're going upstream, even right at the moment of diagnosis, of what you need to know and how you as a patient and family can take charge of your experience. So you can be more hopeful and more prepared. You know, we were always told that if you're going to see a specialist, for instance, and, and there's some concern about something like this, always bring somebody else with you uh, who can actually listen to it, to what the, the physician is saying in, in these circumstances. Because uh, in, in times of trauma like this, uh, you know, uh, they're not, we're not paying attention. I mean, let's face it, you know, we're, we're dealing with the, the news, of course, of, of whatever that diagnosis is, even if it's not new news at this stage. And, and it can be overwhelming, can't it? Yeah, you get so knocked over, you know, overwhelmed. We've heard people say it's like you just sort of blank out when you hear the diagnosis or it's like your worst nightmare come true. And, and then what do you do after? And so one of the tips we realize, this is our one of the, the keys that we talk about, is this idea of zooming out, where you get into the, the weeds of your illness, the day-to-day bits and all the tests and results. But you also need the skill and the, way, and the ways to ask questions to your providers so that you can zoom out and see the big picture of your illness. And that allows you to have this roadmap of where you're going, where you're at. And again, it allows you more control and, and hope to figure out where you're going. 
I mean, too often we hear people say, oh, we don't have a crystal ball. Um, we're not there yet. And that just shuts down the conversation, even though many patients and families want more information. And what we're saying is what we talk about in our podcast is ways to, to uh, ask doctors that allows them to open up and get this big picture and, and zoom out, really, these skills that everyone can do right away, anytime in their illness. How can we prepare ourselves for something like this, and how can we deal with it? Well, one of the most important things that we talk about is this idea called walking two roads. Because oftentimes when you get, you know, something serious, of course, everyone is hoping for the best and they want to think positively. Um, but if, taken, if that's taken to an extreme, you kind of don't get to plan for some of the or prepare for some of the what if scenarios that might happen. And as you sort of journey on, you lose if you're just always hoping for the best, you sort of have this false hope and this cheerleading that happens. And so walking two roads is just trying to remind people that you can hope for the best, but you can also prepare for what's ahead. And what we've heard from many people who, you know, have gone through the journey says, I wish I had prepared earlier. I wish I had known and explored some of these options so that when it came time to think about them, I wasn't so in the dark. So what we're really trying to do is move people from an in-the-dark experience to an in-the-know experience. And the earlier you listen to some of our tips and practice some of these, um, the more prepared and the more intact and in control you'll feel. I was going to ask you how you find that balance between optimism and and, and reality, and because and, and, sometimes that can be a large gap there. Uh, but I would imagine information is the key to, to, to making that uh, that contact about exactly which way to go on this. I mean, you know, you want to know that, or want to feel that there's a, an opportunity here for recovery and everything's going to be fine down the road. Uh, but at the same time, you have to balance that with the information about what could happen too, not not what is going to happen necessarily, but what the other options are on the other side. Well, that's a, that's a good point. So people don't want to plan for their death, but they do want to prepare for the journey ahead and not be caught off guard. And so much of our medical care is focused on technologies and pills and machines, but not enough on the information. And what we found is when people get information earlier, just a broader sense of what is going to happen and start to prepare a little bit, they actually can be more hopeful. And what we're not saying, spend all your time preparing and worrying. No, once you start to think about and make some contingency plans, you can actually have more hope because then you, you know if that happens, you know what to do, and you've got your game plan ready, and therefore you can be in the moment and enjoy you know, the quality of life and, and the moments and your life that you have now. And that's really what it's about. I know there are people listening to our conversation right now, doctor, that say, well, I don't really need that. I'll just Google whatever the doctor tells me, and I'll get everything I need to know. How would you respond to that? I would say the biggest thing that we were, it took us four years to get to this point on this podcast because we realized what the problems were, but we didn't know the solutions. And so this is stuff that you either didn't know to ask your doctors, you know, not because they're trying, you just don't talk about. We just didn't think of these, these hidden secrets, these seven keys, and you don't find them on Google. This idea of walking two roads or zooming out, this is not going to be found on these websites because the websites are very medical focused. And what we are presenting are the tips from other patients and families with lived experience who said, these were the things that I didn't find on Google that I wish someone had told me sooner. So all the times we heard people say, I wish someone had told me that sooner, we tried to really think, what are the th how do we put that into something that would be easy to explain these tips that people can use? And we came up with these seven keys, and that's what the waiting room revolution is all about. 
And that's a, a very, very important difference here uh, that I think people have to understand is this is not something you, that you pull out of a textbook. Uh, this is based on the, the, the discussions you had with people that have actually gone through this. Yeah, and we're really going upstream because so much of what we're, many people think of what we do is at the end of life and this quality of life or comfort care only happens after you've, you know, there's no more treatments. But what we're saying is these tips and principles can be used throughout the entire journey and it leads to a better experience for the patient and the family the entire time. And what was most exciting was we realized patients and families have the power to do this. And that's why we called it the waiting room revolution because we realized it was the patients and families in the waiting room, instead of waiting there being scared, they could get this information, be empowered, and take steps to change their illness journey. It wasn't only about having great physicians and a, an amazing healthcare system, but they also had a role in taking charge. And these tips were easy to do and things that they could do right away. And, and many people who have already started listening have said it's fabulous and they wish they want to share it with other people who are facing a serious illness right now. Uh, especially because, let's face it, I mean, if... if you may or may not have a, a strong relationship with the physician that's uh, that you're dealing with in this situation. Uh, a lot of people might feel a certain reticence to actually asking questions. They go, I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to look like I'm stupid about this. But the, your podcast is, is really, that's the, the first step here. That gives you a basic knowledge of what you need to do and, and what you need to be thinking about if you're going to have further discussions with your doctor. One of our keys are called Invite Yourself because people are often waiting to be invited into the conversation or waiting for, and what we found is you need to invite yourself. And especially if you're a family, we've heard so often patients and, sorry, families say that they were invisible. You know, they are not recognized. Nobody ever asked how they're doing and they had all this information. So we're saying, we're giving you the go ahead to invite yourself to the conversation. And what we've also found is many providers say, I didn't know that you wanted this information. I thought you wanted to know less. And now that I know you're open to it, I can, you know, meet you where you're at. So it's sort of this, uh, I don't want to say it's a misunderstanding, but it's an opportunity for both sides to reflect on if we invite ourselves and, and, and ask people what information they want and when, it allows them to have more control and more information that will have a better experience. Which is so, so important because, I mean, even in that initial conversation, I would think, Doctor, you're not going to cover all the ground that you really should cover. Uh, simply, as you mentioned, because of the, the you know the trauma, the, the, the mindset that people are going to be in in situations like this, uh, a lot of these questions and, and directions as to which way we should go, they're going to come up days, sometimes weeks afterwards. So it's a, uh, the podcast supplies that information for them and it gives them that idea so that when they have those follow-up meetings or conversations, they they know which direction in which to go. So exactly, one of the key things is to do it early. Don't think of this as something you use only near death. Or, or when things are going, you know, not so great. This is something right at the beginning you can do. And the other piece is this isn't just with healthcare providers. A lot of these conversations are with other members of your inner crew, your family, your community members, because that's such a big part of, you know, where we get support. We know, you know, 85% of the care is happening at home and in the community, especially in the time of COVID. This is all the more important why people need information upfront and early so that they're not just relying on a health system to catch them when things go wrong. They can take control of that. And so much of what we said are things that are available now and people want to help. They just don't know necessarily how. And doing some of our tips lets other people know uh, what you need and can customize the journey and experience that you want. 
Doctor, you mentioned you've been doing this for a little while. What kind of feedback are you and, and uh, uh, the others involved in this getting in, in a situation like this? I, I mean, obviously, uh, people are going to try this and say, yeah, that's exactly what I want. What are you hearing from, from people that j- jump into this? Well, we are really excited that many healthcare providers are saying, yes, I want to have these conversations with my patients. I just thought they didn't want to know when many, we used to, you know, feel like you'd be, you know, the doctors would be giving up if they're sort of talking about, you know, preparing for other options. But many patients and families saying they're wanting this and doctors now are feeling more comfortable to do this. But the other piece is that the patients and families who are doing this are saying, uh, I'm so glad I have this. I wish I had this when, you know, my so-and-so was going through this. I'm going to share it with others. You know, the reality is these keys were were co-created and co-designed by, you know, those thousands of interviews and people we had. So it really is a reflection of their voices. And it's really resonating because it's in their words. It's sort of these, it's in a language that makes sense and a framework that they can latch onto very easily. And it's, and that's what's so exciting. So we're really excited for the revolution to take off and for patients to, uh, to ask these questions and get more informed. And we know it's a process. Like we know the first time you might get some pushback, but if you, the more, more of us listen and do it, I think we're going to find that uh, you're going to get more and more answers. You're going to get better answers. You're going to um, let others know you really uh, want to be informed. You know, these are your preferences and goals. All of these conversations are going to help make the journey more uh, more like you, you know, and give you more more control and more choices. This is timely in so many different ways, uh, aside from the obvious, of course, uh, you know, when, when you're dealing with something like this or a loved one is dealing with something like this, you want to get information. You're, you're, you're looking for sources of information, and, and not just, as you say, the clinical explanations, uh, but the human explanations of the, the lived experiences. And, 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 you know, something that you find on Google may not apply to you because, I mean, you know, different people are impacted in different ways. But in the era of COVID, uh, as you mentioned, doctor, uh, where that face-to-face or those sorts of meetings or those discussions that you may want to have may not always be available uh, because of, of obviously what we're going through right now. Uh, a podcast like this is, is a, it, exactly the ticket I think we need for us to, to open that conversation. Yes, what we're finding is the virtual visits you know, are wonderful, but they don't pick up on the body language, on the expressions on the family's faces, all those other cues that Dr. Winemaker, my co-host, you know, is able to see when she makes home visits. You know, there aren't any home visits happening. So this is why, and I can tell you as a researcher, why it's so important to ask the right questions and so that you can get the information that you want. Not the medical stuff, obviously that's going to be important and is unique to you, but the kinds of things like zooming out and understanding where you are in your illness story and how do you, if someone pushes back and says, oh, we're not there yet, you know, what do you say back? Because you feel like, oh, it's not, you know, I've been there as a patient and as a family member, you're sort of like, oh, I don't want to waste the doctor's time. But these are very acceptable things to say that we found work and open the door to more discussions so that you can say, this is very important to me. How can we make that happen? And we see this with many other things like giving birth to a baby. There's so many ways to do it that fit, you know, your own beliefs and cultural beliefs and what's important to you. We should absolutely be doing that for when people face a serious illness. This is a, I, I think, very fitting as well because I think not just because of COVID and the pandemic, but I think we generally are, are more cognizant of our own personal health these days. And uh, you know, we want to know more about our bodies. We want to know more about how some of these things are going to impact our bodies. So how how we can deal with them, and it's it's pretty wide ranging, but it's something that I think a lot of people were gravitating to anyway. Exactly, and it's not just about uh, 
it's not it's not a biology thing. It's not a disease, and it's very specific. It's actually the flip side of that, which is all the social cultural things about how it's like the human experience part of being sick. You know, it's not the medical stuff that we're talking about. It's because you know we live in Canada, we do that really well. But the social part of how do I understand this is happening to me? How do I come to terms about this? What kinds of things do my family need to know? Uh, these are all some of the things about knowing your style and customizing your order, and even recognizing that as a family member, caregiving is so important right now. Um, putting yourself first, or or being able to take time for yourself, and recognizing that as a caregiver, if you sort of uh, fall apart or burn out, it has a huge impact on the whole experience. So making and we flag some of these things and give people tips of of how to do it. Not very technical things, but high level. This this framework allows them to take control. So. I mean, we're just so excited that we've gotten great reaction, but that we were able to find some common themes that we really believe will take people from um, an in-the-dark experience to one where they can be more hopeful and prepared, um, and a better illness journey for everyone, something that we're all going to experience uh, or be a part of, the people we love. Thousands have already taken advantage of this, and uh, I encourage our listeners to, to check this out, too. It's called The Waiting Room Revolution. Uh, it's available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Uh, it uh, will change your life and change your attitude towards uh, what you're dealing with on a daily basis. Uh, congratulations again, Doctor, to you and uh, to your partner, Dr. Winemaker, uh, for this fabulous idea. Continued good luck with it, and uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Thanks, Phil. Have a great day. You too. Take care there. Uh, Dr. C.N. Siao, uh, one of the uh, the co-founders of The Waiting Room Revolution. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.